0: Everybody, Jay Sokol here. Welcome back to All Up In Your Business. This is Episode 2 in a four-part mini-series that we're calling All Up In Your Budget, uh, where we will attempt to explain the proposed FY21 College Station budget, which we said in Episode 1 is, is like no other. Um, so we hope this series of conversations gives everyone a better understanding of how COVID-19 directly affected what is in this proposed budget and what's not in it uh, while giving some additional flexibility as we face who knows what over the coming months. So in this episode we are talking about revenues. The dollars we bring in from a variety of sources that allow us to deliver services like public safety and parks, utilities, infrastructure, maintenance and so forth, pay for new projects and more. So as you can imagine the, the pandemic has just gutted some of our primary revenue sources, uh, which means Director of Fiscal Services, Mary Ellen Leonard, had to pull multiple uh, rabbits out of her hat uh, to allow city staff to continue serving citizens uh, while cutting costs significantly. So Mary Ellen, why don't we start by explaining where our funding even comes from and how we use it?
1: So the big, basically the way I look at the city is we have different checkbooks and the revenue comes from different places and it has to be kept in those different places by law. The biggest checkbook that we have is for the general fund. And the general fund is where we fund um, police, fire, parks, public works, um, the library, and um, uh, things like HR and that type of stuff the revenue that goes into the general fund is um, composed of three primary sources one of those is what's called the ad valorem or property tax there is a piece of the property tax not all of it but a piece of it that goes to fund that general fund sales tax also goes into the general fund and then the third um, kind of large component is what's called a utility transfer and the utility transfer is basically kind of like a shareholder dividend I like to think of it um, which is it's it's in lieu of a franchise fee and it is because the city owns the utilities um, as an owner of those utilities you get some of the profits off of that utility. So there's a transfer into the general fund. And those are the three primary sources. There's some minor sources like court fines and fees and permit fines and fees and um, parks and rec services, but those, um, those only compose about maybe 20%.
0: Now, I know last year we were talking about a change in the percentage of revenues that we rely upon, or we derive from, sales taxes versus property taxes. Traditionally, in College Station, we have received a a greater percentage of our revenues from sales taxes, I believe, than we have property taxes. But that was starting to, to flip flop, and whoo, uh, what a difference a year makes in terms of, of, of our our revenue. Um, the revenues that are coming in and uh, the revenues that are not coming in.
1: Right. So last year, um, sales tax is an unpredictable um, source of revenue for the city because it's basically based off of people's disposable income and how much they how much they have the ability to spend Last year the sales tax made up about thirty four and a half percent of the city's general fund um, Sources of revenue this year. It will only make up about thirty one point three percent of that general fund sources of revenue, which means a larger percentage is coming from that ad valorem piece of the sales tax.
0: So talk about the implications of substantially lower revenues. We don't know exactly where it will end up, but substantially lower uh, levels of revenue in sales taxes, um, how, how those property tax revenues could uh, come in for us, and you know what the implications are for those things.
1: So um, let's start with the property tax revenue, which is that thirty-seven point four percent. That's kind of a, a, a more stable source, but determining what that amount is 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 in part out of the hands of the city. So the property taxes, how that works, is the um, Rises County Appraisal District on January 1st, which would have been before COVID, they determine what the value is of your individual residence or um, a commercial business or the, uh, any of the multifamily apartment complexes around the city.
0: Wait, I thought you did that, Mary Ellen. I thought you did that.
1: (laughs) Oh no, that
0: is way far out of my realm of what I can do. No, but the point is is the city doesn't do that.
1: No, the city does not determine any of what those valuations are. And they're actually locked in um, on January 1st. And then everybody gets a notice. And if you want to protest, you go to the appraisal district and say this value Um, isn't accurate and, you know, plead your case or whatever. I don't even know how that process works. Um, But um, the point is those values were done on January 1st, which was before COVID-19 was even discussed. So by the time we actually get what are called certified values or that whole protest process is over, we haven't even gotten them yet so between january and july that whole protest process is is going on or the notification and protest process is going on and we don't know what the values are ultimately going to be to de- where we receive part of it as that ad valorem so we have kind of had to guess a little bit at okay what what rate is are we going to need to be able to maintain services and how are we going to do that um, the property tax rate which is the dollar amount per 100 of, of valuation that that is assessed um, is set by the city council and the proposed budget then is the staff's recommendation to city council about where do we see under the laws and regulations related to the property tax, where do we think that rate needs to be? And we have proposed in this budget that we don't change the rate, that it's the same rate as it was last year.
0: And and we're recording this on July 31st. And so have you gotten enough information yet from the appraisal district to be, be able to um, Uh, bring into clear focus some of those calculations?
1: Um, Not quite. So they have not given us, um, they've given us an estimate, but when they gave us the estimate, there was still 1.1, I think it was 1.1 billion dollars with a B of valuation that was still under review by the appraisal district. So, So they were still trying to determine what that final value needed to be and that is about 10 percent of the value uh, that's taxable in the city so that's a, a big enough number that that it's kind of rough to determine what it needs to be as of today which is july 31st um, we still don't have their final numbers i'm told i should get them by the end of the day today um, but it might not be until maybe wednesday of next week
0: yeah and and just to be clear, we're not the only thing on on uh, college station residents tax bill, right? I mean, there there are other rates uh, that you're paying, and um, and we're certainly not the highest one on that tax bill, correct?
1: Right. So when that tax bill comes, that tax bill is um, for the school district, which is the highest rate that's on there, the county, and then the city as well.
0: Yeah okay um, so we you talked a little bit about property tax and I think you said uh, that represents 37 percent right of the 30
1: 37 percent
0: and again is that for the the general fund
1: yes just the general fund which is how we pay for the police and fire public works parks
0: so sales tax uh, revenues uh, represent I think you said 31% is that right? Yeah, 31%. And we have been doing as much as we can uh, as a city to try to infuse more um, financial resources, get, get more money in the hands of our local businesses, um, so so they can keep going, they can keep providing uh, their services and goods uh, that, that our consumers can spend their money on and so forth. We, we've been trying to do what we can we're we're slowing down our own operations we're trying we've been trying to infuse some funding into our business community to help these sales tax revenues Um, so talk to me about about sales tax revenues and how important it is and what it allows us to do
1: Um, so with about 31% it's actually um, so our police department is about 28% of the general fund so the sales tax primarily would pay for the uh, police department. And I'm looking to see the fire department's about 23%. So it's either police or fire that would come primarily from the from the sales tax. And the sales tax is primarily, we get a big chunk of our sales tax in the fall related to obviously um, new students coming into town and um, major sporting events over at A&M. That doesn't mean we don't get sales tax all year, but there are some kind of hefty chunks that come in the fall. And what we anticipated in this budget, or tried to anyway, was what if that sales tax does not materialize? What if we don't have football, or the students are not allowed to come back, or they don't come back for whatever reason? How, how would that look? Are we still going to be able to pay for the police and fire service? And in going through, um, multiple scenarios and kind of analyzing with the help of the data analytics firm where the sales tax might fall out for the fall, um, we were able to come up with ways that we could kind of offset that revenue off that offset that revenue loss so that we could still provide those services. Um, as far as the city being able to provide to the community, Um, additional help. Um, Debbie Eller's group which is community services has actually done a beyond stellar job of taking the money that we normally receive through a federal program called CDBG and they have um, very quickly retooled um, what that those funds were allowed to be used for so that they could be utilized in the community to help offset some of the economic strain that um, some of the businesses were were feeling to try and and help them through to get to that fall season so I think Debbie's group is the one that that you need to need to talk to about that in your next podcast
0: yeah okay so let's move on. You mentioned uh, in addition to property tax revenue, sales tax revenues that the the third, maybe most important uh, piece of revenue comes from utility transfers. So talk more about that.
1: So, so the utility transfer is um, like I said, it's, it's kind of a, a dividend um, or um, because it's a utility, they're called franchise fees. So we can transfer from electric water, wastewater and solid waste. A reasonable amount um, into the general fund in the form of this transfer that's in a a dividend um, that helps pay for then some of the public services that are provided by the governmental side of of the business. The utility transfer is set by policy at 10%. Um, However, we haven't been collecting 10% on um, water, wastewater, electric, or water, wastewater and sanitation. Um, and the electric utility, we've only been charging 8%. So one of those strategies that we looked at for um, on the revenue side was to increase that transfer from the electric utility into the general fund to 9%, not up to 10, but to, the, to 9% to kind of offset some of that sales tax loss if needed.
0: So that doesn't mean that, that we've been charging customers more, a, a, a percentage more. It means we're transferring over uh, some additional dollars that uh, would have normally stayed in that electric fund. Is that right? We're,
1: exactly. We're not charging anymore and we haven't yeah. been charging anymore. We're just Transferring a little bit more over. It's kind of like if Exxon declared a dividend of, you know, 80 cents and then oil prices went up and they cl- declared a dividend of a dollar. So, um, that's kind of what we're doing is, is we're looking at what has been in that, um, in that fund and can we increase it a little bit without charging more on the electric side, still provide those services and help out the general fund side. As we um, kind of go move through this pandemic,
0: so we talked. I think it was uh, in episode one about the flexibility that's built into this budget. Um, should we start recovering from this pandemic more quickly than we sort of expect to, and? And that means the economy opens up more people are coming back in both um, students and uh, tourism fires back up spending is again uh, increases so forth and we get more sales tax revenues we have more revenues to sort of work with what are we prepared to do with those
1: with those additional revenues if they come in so um, I think before the first the first notice that you're going to have that additional revenues are coming in is you're going to hear a lot of noise coming from the second floor of City Hall. You there, guys are going to be
0: know. like diving through piles of money like Scrooge McDuck? Is that what's going on?
1: And I don't know that we'll be piling through like Scrooge McDuff, but yeah, we're going to be we're going to be at least shouting through the rooftops because I think nobody wants this budget to be overly conservative more than the folks who have put it together. We want our we want this worst case scenario um, to never materialize. So, um, if that additional sales tax revenue does come in, I think um, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to look at um, what were the strategic decisions made to reduce um, services, probably related to the headcount, and say which departments sacrificed sacrifice to the point where you've got two or three people you know that have been now doing multiple jobs and can we now hire one of those additional people back to alleviate that stress from the internal staff so I think that's probably the first thing that would be looked at is is to get some relief to those folks that have been pulling multiple duty or significant overtime
0: Yeah, because I know we've talked about, yes, if things continue to be bad or even get worse in some way, there are some additional steps that that we can take as an organization. But we uh, probably, uh, so we don't jinx ourselves, don't talk much about, well, what if things are actually better than we expect? And there are enough revenues to do some extra things with. What would that even look like? So I appreciate you talking about that
1: right we may end up just having a uh you know tailgate party in the back of city hall for everybody to start on my dime so
0: wouldn't that be nice so um we will be talking in this in this next episode more about the actual cuts that have been made to to put together this proposed budget for FY21 because they are significant and they are across the board. And uh, they haven't been, uh, there aren't departments that have been strong-armed into this. This has truly been uh, a collaborative effort uh, with department. Heads stepping up to say, here's what we can do with that. So we're going to talk more about that. So let's let's stop there for episode two. This was a, a really good primer on city revenues. In episode three, we're going to talk about how we typically spend those dollars and, and how different spending will look in FY21. How flexibility, again, has been built in to allow us to kind of roll with whatever the pandemic or mother nature decides to throw at us. So. Mary Ellen, thank you again for helping out in episode two. I'll see you in episode three. And everybody, thank you for for listening or watching all up in your budget.